Welcome to a new episode of Outside the Panels with your host, Johnny the Machine Hughes. Welcome everyone to the episode of Outside the Panels. I am your host, Johnny the Machine Hughes, and in celebratory fashion of the Dolphins winning three, that's right, three in a row, the Dolphins jersey is out. So let's hope this isn't bad luck for this coming weekend. Uh, sports aside, I'm here with not just one, but another two duo um, writing an artist partnership of a new book that's coming out in the new year. I'm talking to friend of Comic Crusaders, Rich Duick, and of course, Joe Mulvey. Guys, how's it going? Ah, doing uh, good. No one, no one told me. That you were a dolphin nope. fan. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this a deal breaker? Is this a deal breaker? Uh, or something? I am. I am here. We're in my office right now. Let me speak right there. You uh-huh. can see my my Brandon Marshall signed football. Uh, All right. I, I am a, a Jet fan. So this is gonna start off extremely contentious. However, congratulations on your 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 win this weekend. Well, I won't. I won't rub in. I'll, yeah, I won't rub in this last weekend, but. Um, to put context to this, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I was in Mexico and um, we're in this hotel. We've got a great big sports bar. I'm there wearing my OJ McDuffie top, the greatest receiver, never get any respect in the NFL. And as I'm walking past <clears throat> this crowd of guys, <clears throat> excuse me, one of them looks at me, waits until I get five paces back, and then goes, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I like, you're killing me, man. You're like, come on. Yeah, how well. yeah, it, it's funny how like even like because i live in queens new york um, uh-huh. and you have like this group of people that for some reason as jets fans we still have to like hate generations of uh like don't get me wrong patriots are number one like you know if you're going like there's a big yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanos of the world um and now watching uh you know brady on uh tampa bay and, and uh-huh. belichick like now, the only thing you want is you want to come down to Belichick versus Brady in like a Super Bowl. Like that's what you're. Yeah, that's what you're hoping for. for. Yeah, it could could, want, could happen. The AFC East is particularly weak this this year, I think. But I uh, would say the AFC and NFC East, the East overall. Is not <laughs> the AFC NFC least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, what it what it, uh, we're we're recording this the day that the Giants fired their uh, offensive coordinator, Jason well, Garrett. See, I didn't want to get into this, but because I'm a huge football fan, of course. But yeah. for me, it's like, hold on a second, you you've hired the guy that helped destroy the Cowboys as your offensive coordinator. What mm-hmm. do you think was going to happen? You know, yeah. if you can't win with like the 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 Cowboys talent, what think you're going to do with the Giants? But hey, however, what do I, know? I will I will give this credit. The credit is, uh, at least it wasn't Adam Gates. Because when you sign a guy who literally looks like he would be the villain in any Law and Order, as possible, <laughs> you then yeah. run the run the risk of being just completely embarrassed for two seasons. So whatever. So so the, he's a villain in Law and Order. Can you just imagine when he calls a third down play? Dum dum. <laughs> right. Enough football. Enough football. Yeah, We're here no, to talk sorry, about yeah. a comic book. Rich, yeah. it's been ages since I saw you last on one of our virtual cons a, a few years back. Um, you're here with uh, Joe, uh, co-creators, writer and artist of a book called Happy yeah. Hill. Is that right? Excellent. So, um, Joe, quick question for you. Um, co- 
co-creator and artist, does that mean you get double pay? Uh, it, it should. It means I get a double, <laughs> a double pat on the back. That, that, All right, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, Rich, tell us a little bit about this book then. So, what's what's the kind of what's the story that you're going for? What's what's going down in Happy Hill? <laughs> Can you hear me all right? Did he Wait, I, I think it, like... it cut out for ah, there. there you go. Cool. Excellent. So so Rich, tell us what's going down on Happy Hill then. Well, uh, you know, it's uh Happy Hill is is kind of like this dream resort um where you go and the promise is that you are going to leave uh with the secret of true happiness like you're, you're gonna go uh sort of let 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 all your little leave all your troubles there and come out of it a much happier person um now as with all things that seem too good to be true there's a lot more going on in happy hill that first meets the eye so um you know what what you're looking at right now is the cover where uh you're seeing joe's wonderful creation the woodsman who uh mm. is sort of this urban legend that uh lives around around uh where happy hill is and mm -hmm. uh joe you want to maybe talk a little bit about the woodsman your boy there yeah so the woodsman's pretty much a fictitious character that's made up by local legend and lore in upstate new york uh, depending on who you hear the story from, it, he's either a savior or a, a persecutor, or a, a crazy person. Um, and the legend goes that um, the, the woodsman is always willing to listen to people uh, if he if he finds them in the woods, uh, and he'll offer you happiness, uh, but it's what you offer him uh, that allows you to keep it. And that's kind of the same thing that the resort has uh, carried on through. But um, really uh, intertwined in this whole story. Uh, is the lifelong friendship of our two main characters, Thea uh, Ridley and Wyatt Willows, who are um, two lifelong friends who grew up uh, after going through a really auspicious scary event in their life known as the Roanoke Orphanage, where one night uh, the entire orphanage disappeared. All the kids were missing except for two. Two children were left behind. Mm. That was Thea and Will uh, Wyatt. Uh, even though they kind of grew up separate ways, they always stuck together. They came back together, and Wyatt is obsessed with the idea of finding the wooden, finding the woodsman, and making him the pretty much um, domineering reason for what happened in that orphanage. All right, and okay. Just, just so happens that there's a lot of rumors going around. Uh, mm -hmm. Wyatt finds out as a, a tabloid reporter, uh, similar to like the Inquirer or uh, you know the, the supermarket rag magazine, that. Supposedly, he is in and around the woods of Happy Hill. So they okay. go there to spend copious amounts of money, uh, <laughs> to have a great time, but only <laughs> if this thing is real uh, in the meantime. So, um, looking at the book, it, to me, it seems there's a, f a couple of influences coming into play. You know, you've kind of got a bit of a Mulder Scully thing going on. It's kind of nodded mm -hmm. to in the dialogue. You know, you've got like the true believer in the, the one who's like, just kind of along for the ride. Um, what if, what other influences do you think have kind of shown on this? Uh, this goes to both of you because I think there's I think there's some very uh, literary influences. I think there's some artistic influences in play. Maybe it's just me being a, a 
a super nerd and I just see I just see influences on everything. You know, like in Sixth Sense, I see dead people and I see influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's good because it kind of helps people know yeah. where the creators are coming from. You see that little tinge of like I I hear people describe style in a bunch of different ways, and like I can only tell you like. I'm a huge, massive fan of Todd McFarlane, of yeah. Humberto Ramos, of yeah. um, T. McNiven, uh, you know, Olivia Cortell, uh, Nelson Blake. Like, there's so many artists that I'm a fan of, and then I think your style just becomes an amalgam of it. But yeah, for the sake of yeah. the story, it's, it's very much a love letter to, like, like you said, like X-Files. Uh, I think it's more along the lines of almost, like, I, I originally was coming up with the idea of like if Mel Brooks and Quentin Tarantino did something together where it would be kind of violent but also kind of really stupid and silly at certain points. Yeah, I, I think when when Joe when like Joe kind of like was first explaining it to me the uh, the kind of classic like X meets X kind of thing he told me he was like he was like it's like if Willy Wonka meets The Shining, like uh, so it's like. Like, you know, the Willy Wonka part is the fact that, like, Happy Hill is just this kind of, like, over-the-top mm-hmm. uh, resort where it seems like, you know, it almost seems like magical things could happen. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. it's like, a uh, like, we go into this a little bit more in, in the later issues, but it's like, like, it's got, like, its own private amusement park and, and uh-huh. the, like, the way, the way that you get around the, uh, you know, from place to place, there are these, like, like, big, uh, you know, like slides and tubes and things like that. Mm. So it's kind of got that thing for it. But then, it, you know, the shining part of it is just that there is this, uh, you know, crazy monster stalking, uh, stalking <laughs> people and and people disappearing mm. and and nobody really knows what's going on. And but yeah, but there's also definitely like like you know like an X Files thing going on both in like Wyatt and Thea's relationship, but also uh-huh. in like you know, kind of. Uh, uncovering like uh uncovering secrets like there, there's yeah. like a lot more yeah. there's, uh, a, there, there's, there's a lot a more cigarette. to what's going on at happy hill than what's on the surface yeah definitely there's a cigarette smoking man kind of who's not smoking <laughs> cigarettes but he, there, there is a there is a there is a guy who knows, <laughs> a person who knows way too much it's interesting how you said the shining because there's a scene in the book where uh the duo are getting are coming to the the hotel for the first time and I expected when they opened up to the big page, I was like, ah, this is going to be like a shining type thing. And that first panel, it's like, whoa, look at how big, how, how big that, the hall is and everything. And then I was like, eh, it looks a bit, oh, is it? And then, of course, you see the big the scape of the garden and everything. I'm like, yeah, that ain't the shining. There's no snow on that hill. Not a, no, not no, no. At all. <laughs> but that's but, the, uh, one part of it is like, I wanted people who've never even picked up a comic to be like, you know what? I don't want to get murdered, but at the same time, I really would want to stay there. Like, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a um, a saying in the book that's like, you know, it's always happy hour at Happy Hill. So, All like, right. mm-hmm. yeah, that's like, I, I know I would go there. I literally built it with the intention of being like, oh, this is a place I would like to go to, you know, minus the murder mayhem and, you know, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, how did, what was the catalyst for taking these three kind of separate genres, you know, because you've got the family drama, then you've got the vacation element. Um, and then you've got the horror element, and then you've kind of right. mushed them together. So what kind of, I suppose, what kind of glue did you think was going to hold all that together? Which it does. I'll say that right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think like what, what holds it together is, is um, a, a lot of the things that Joe and I were kind of drawing on 
from real life that that is sort of an experience everybody's had where it's like you know you're you're really stressed like at your job let's say or mm -hmm. or whatever it is uh but you go on vacation and the whole idea is that you can kind of leave all that stress behind and at least for that like week or two or however long you're there you can you're just sort of like you're not gonna have any problems you're just gonna be happy and um i got heck of so i think kind of, of, that's how happy i was <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think like the and then you know the interesting stuff comes when when you sort of think about like well what if what if that could last like what if mm. uh you know what if uh it wasn't just leaving your problems behind for for two weeks what if it was leaving your problems behind forever like how would that mm. how would that work um and then i think that's kind of like where where like the horror element comes into it and mm. um because you know it didn't necessarily have to be hard i mean like there, there's kind of like other ways you can tell that story but joe and i have both have like kind of sick imagination so um <laughs> i think you know horror was kind of like a natural fit for it um okay yeah good show and joe so how because i mean you, you mentioned todd mcfarlane as one of your influences and you can see on this panel here that 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 looks very the, the elongated face is very kind of mcfarlane early doors definitely um how how is it then when you've got such a um I'm going to be, and I mean this as a compliment, a playful style. All right. It's oh, very yeah. expressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got this really playful, expressive art style going on. But then you've still got to get across the emotions <coughs> of, of the mum and the daughter and the dad. You've still got to get the horror element. You know, you can see here that the woodsman's just about to uh, chop down a tree. Um, of sort, and and then you've got the the kind of the setup of the place as well. They're like, as as much as the genres are different, the style's got to be different. How do you manage to merge those three together? I I think it's just being clear. So like, I, like even though yes, I have like a cartoonier style. I think you know I'm not. You're not going to compare me and Alex Ross in the same uh, breath. But at the same time, the story has to be served by the art. So if the art doesn't tell the story so when someone's scared they don't look mm -hmm. scared when someone's sad they don't look sad like there's no time for me there's no nuance i want like anger is like level 10 anger it's not like no shut up i want like you know spit curling from your lips and your tongue snapping and like that's like that's the style of art i always loved and responded to in comics because you only have 22 24 26 28 in this case the number one pages mm -hmm. to make an impact on the reader and if the reader mm -hmm. feels I think bland or not really connected to the story, they don't they don't connect. And mm -hmm. like there's an artistic um, not trick, but an artistic approach of like when you make characters, your characters should be noticed in their silhouette. So mm -hmm. just in the silhouette, I think by reading all of Happy Hill number one, I could draw the silhouettes and you could name every single character from it. So yeah, yes, okay. It's exaggerated, it's expressive, but I think that's that's just the way I want to tell the story. And like, I wouldn't be happy underselling something like someone's face is getting ripped apart by yeah. rising sticks. I'm going to make it look like, you know, it hurts, but at the same time, hopefully in a palette, that's not like, you know, making you cringe. It's interesting. Cause when I first flicked through the book, um, I spotted the art straight away, you know, and I was like, you know, it's very expressive. As you said, cartoony kind of that McFarlane -y sort of odd body perspectives at times. 
And I thought to myself, this doesn't feel like a horror. And then, boom, I get to this page. I'm like, all right, who let Mike McNally in the house? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and then it was interesting to see how how quickly that those those snaps really happened. Because you go from here to the sunshine, from the sunshine to the forest, and, and it's just kind of continuous. You're kind of resetting the table every time for the reader. So well, I, hope, um, I hope to. I don't want you to know what's coming from page to page. I want you to feel lulled in by this great place that we're taking you. Yeah. And, and that's why I like the whole mashup of the genres. Like I would almost call like vacation horror comedy type thing where it's like okay. my favorite horror stuff has comedy to it. And, okay. you know, the Edgar Wright movies and, and even like in, in some of the slasher films, like a scream, it did such a good job of like, you know, racking up tension, mm-hmm. leaving you a little bit with a laugh, taking tension even higher and then like pouring action on top of it. And like, that's what Rich brings to the story. Cause we call Rich uh, in my house, the Mulvey Whisperer, where right. he comes mm-hmm. in and I have like, oh, we should do like these 70 things. And Rich is like, okay, calm down. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> and he moved all pieces together so that it's a much more coherent story. And even today, we were we were sharing messages back and forth about like a cool theme uh, and and a setting for issue four. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool! And I could have like vines growing out of this and blood and guts, you know, like and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think that's the fun of Happy Hill that you have this backdrop of this picturesque, unbelievable, gorgeous, you know, extremely expensive resort setting. And then the underbelly of it is, you know, quite the opposite. Cool. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of it. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say like con- contrast, you know, like really helps, you know, it's like, you're mm. sort of like, you're seeing like both sides of it. So I think that mm. that's something that really helps, helps the story work a lot too. I think, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. Um, some of the contrast comes across a little bit saccharine, like over the top. But that's because it's meant to be, right? Because yes, the Happy Hill Mansion is supposed to be, as you said, the Willy Wonka type effect. So I've got to ask, um, working with Chris Sotomayor, what was that like? Because, I mean, I've been a big fan of Chris's since his work on Batgirl. So that, that mm. goes back a while. So how, I suppose, how's that work then? Because, I mean, Joe, you kind of know what you want to see on the page. Rich, you kind of know where the plot points are and what things you want to see as the drive towards the reader's eye and all that sort of stuff. How do you then get a third person in on the same page, so to speak, no pun intended, mm-hmm. um, think, to get the tone of the, the, the pages and the writing down? The easiest answer is blackmail, obviously. Like you just take <laughs> very uncomfortable, unflattering photos of him and you just send them to three in the morning and just a dot, dot, dot or else. But, a, there's a website for that sort of stuff now, you know that. Right? There are, and I'm going to be running that too soon. JoeMulveysGotcha.com. But I, I really just like it's sort of like invaluable to everything I've ever done as a colorist. He gets, he gets where I fall, and he can pick me up with the color to make stuff look better. And then if I do something kind of cool, he makes it a million times cooler. He's, I mean, and he's also a personal friend, so like that's that's another thing. But like he's sincerely, I think, one of the best colorists in the, in the industry, and he has been for decades. I think I think he's yeah. I think he's much um, underappreciated. I agree, hundred percent. I think there's yeah, uh, he's yeah, go rich. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I, I agree. I think he's like one of the most talented, and also like, um, you know, but I, I think like 
deserves like way more credit than he gets sometimes you know Definitely. like i think he really is one of the one of the best guys out there um and he, he's like uh he's also texting, it's not even just this is not a joke he's just texting me more right. pages as we just like so i'm just yeah. gonna peek here at like more pages from yeah uh, yeah he's just yeah me, so like peek. i wonder watching <laughs> the funny thing is, is I, what I what I was going to say was like it's not just like talent; it's also like his kind of like work ethic and reliability and stuff like that. Mm. Like you know, it it's the sort of thing where like um, you just know that when you're working with him, he's not going to let you down. So mm. he, he's 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 great. I think the opposite. The opposite. He actually is like you're like oh my god because he also worked with us on Wailing Blade, which was yep. a series Rich and I did before this. Yeah. And like, I can't tell you how many people when we go to conventions or even like people that just reach out online about the book and they're just like, oh my God, those colors. And I'm like, do you even just take your time and look? Yeah. Especially on the printed page, like, mm -hmm. he just the blood in Wind Blade he made look like so intricate and different. And like, he's doing that and above with, with Happy Hope. He's the best. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a um, rich vein of talent we have colorists wise at the minute. You know, there's there's a whole, whole heap of colorists too. When you see the name on the book, you're like, "Yep, I know what I'm getting. I'm getting quality. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. you know, let's see how it gets there." Georgie Belair springs to mind. You know, I absolutely. Oh yeah, Georgie's George amazing. Yeah, um, you know, Cameron Bonvillian is oh right. brilliant, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Really, Sam is really really good, and also has the coolest surname in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Tamra, Tamra like, Bond, Bond villain. And, and I say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Tamra, I say it every time. I am really sorry, <laughs> but it's a really cool surname. Sorry. It is. Sorry. Yeah. And just, just sort of like, see there, sort of like, you know, with the big white pussy cat doing the whole thing. Yes, Mr. Bond. You just, you gotta let her. <laughs> if, you're if you're on a panel, say, say that name last. Because you want to, you don't want to follow that name. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, tell him I'm Billy. And uh, Joe Molden. Like, like a, like a <laughs> letdown sound in the back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, know. Don't, don't, don't put yourself down. Um, so did you guys, Whale and Blade, you mentioned Whale and Blade. Is that the first book you two worked on? Because I remember uh, looking at Whale and Blade number one. I thought together, it was great. Yeah, creatively, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, cool. I, I had uh, Rich do, uh, he wrote a short story uh, that he drew with Joe Eisman. Uh, that okay. also Soto colored um, for uh, Yes, he did yep. Wind Glories. He just did, I think, Ending Word yeah. with Paul. He did a little yeah. Archie. Yeah, he... I recognize good. the name. I recognize the yeah. name. I, I see so many books. It's um, no, I'm so, sure. Um, what was I going to say? So then, what was it about working on Whale and Blade that made you think, you know what, let's do another book? <laughs> just. Uh, I Again, it's blackmail. Joe has yeah. like photos of me there. No, no. Wait, hold on, let so me just many. check my camera settings. So many. <laughs> so many. Yeah. You'll never find a photo of me in a Patriots shirt. I reject shirt. Just oh, no. I'd rather die. I really Steelers cap. No, I, I've got Steelers cap. I think, like, <laughs> I think, like Joe was saying, like we just, um, you know, we found we really work well together. There, there's people mm -hmm. that you just sort of like, uh, you know um like like vibe with you know for lack of a better term it's like like joe joe and i like we both live in in the like new york new jersey area like i grew up in queens he, he lives there i live in jersey now but like we get together all the time and like we we you know we'll talk we'll drink like stuff like that we you know i think we just kind of like 
like each other's company we like working with each other so i think joe's like um somebody i want to be working with like for a long time even after we finish happy hill like you know excellent oh bless oh (laughs) right with all this With all this brotherly love, it seems like the right time to take a quick break. As we're talking about Happy Hill and it's from Comics Tribe, it's an indie book, so makes sense then for you to have. Let me see if I can find it. I'm just going to say that I've got it and I haven't. Have I? I don't have it. <coughs> oh no, that's terrible. I was going to give you the flip side focus, uh, but never mind. Say so flip side. How about a quick word from these guys? Do you want to find out what makes a professor do his happy dance? Check out the all-timers comic book show only on the UCPN. There you go. That's the all-timers comic book show coming to you <laughs> <laughs> on the UCPN. Yeah, he loves that thing too. So the old-timers show where the hosts are old for the comics, most certainly are. So if you want, if you're in some retro love and you're sick of the hardcore event-driven stuff from the big two, go and check out the Old Timers Comic Book Show so you can get some old-school action. There you go. Cool. Uh, all books on there are at least 25 years old. So, oh, my God. They were made before I was born. So, so uh, <laughs> yeah, in 25 years... <laughs> in 25 years, they'll be talking about Happy Hill. Number one. Well, actually, you know what I'm thinking... We're going to get. We'll probably do a flip side on 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 Happy Hill as well, because you know it's not. It's out till in January, so we've got time to do further yeah. press on that. So that's totally fine. All right, back to the questions. Let's see. Um, right, you're both co-creators. Yeah. How is it? How does that? How does that dynamic work? Because so many times I see when people create comic books, it's very designated writer artist yeah letterer (laughs) how -hmm. does that kind of the co-creation elements how do you decide who gets the final say it can't be blackmail again surely there's not that many photos is there no but blackmail helps blackmail does help (laughs) but at the same time i think that's why rich and i get along as creatives together because i'll throw out an idea he'll say okay that's great but let's do this and it's kind of like (coughs) i throw him a ball and then he cleans it up and then throws it back like rich just makes stories better because he's just a better um i think like you know just a better writer than i but i like to come up with ideas constantly and i like to also come up with ideas that get me excited to sit down at the table and draw for 14 hours Mm -hmm. so like i don't think we've had really any headbutting back and forth almost ever i'm gonna say over how we approach it like not really yeah, yeah. like oh mm-hmm. here's an idea what do you think what do you think and we go back and forth and like we you know we mold shit into into masterpieces <laughs> i mean I, th- I think like the the big thing that like that joe and i both do and and i think like and it's not even like just him and me i think it's it's also with like soto and and with haas on the letters and just you know what i what i think the key to like successful collaboration is if you can kind of take your own ego out of it and mm-hmm. do what do what's best for the book you know it's like if um joe throws an idea out and 
I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't like that because it's Joe's idea. Like, and mm -hmm. I want my ideas in there. It's, is this a great idea for the book? Like, you know, I'll ask him questions. I throw an <laughs> idea out, he'll ask me questions. And that's kind of how we figure out like what what's going to be in there is what mm. we both find like really exciting and really intriguing. And it's not about like, you know, who came up with it or, or who, you know, who gets to write this line of dialogue, who gets to write that line of dialogue. I mean, I can't, I can't draw, but I imagine, you know, if, if I, if I, if I was writing, if I was drawing as well, like, you know, I wouldn't be like, you know, Oh, Joe, you have to let me draw this hand because, you know, it, I, I want to be in there. It's like, you know, he draws better hands than me or whatever. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's just kind of like being able to like put your own like ego aside and, and just sort of decide that you want to make the best book, the book, the best it can be. So. Cool. Sounds like yeah. a plan. Sounds like a plan. You mentioned, uh, um, where are my notes? Uh, the letter S, so you pronounce, you said Has, but it's going to be Hassan Otman Elul Hal. Did I get anywhere close with that? I go with 70%. Uh, it was a good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a good seven, was it? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Seven out of 10. Uh, seven, seven out of 10 or seven out of 100? Yeah, 70%. It was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 70%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've seen. Hassan's, that's all I'm going with because I can't say the rest. Uh, I've seen his work on, on Dynamite Comics. And again, for me, probably one of the better letterers that isn't working for VC. Because it seems every time I look up on a book, it's always VC's this person, VC's that person. I think there's a couple of mm -hmm. letters out there that I think should be on, should get more credit. Hassan's one of them. Uh, Taylor Esposito's the other. I think Taylor does an absolute shed load of work. And uh, oh, yeah, he really helped me promote the idea of letters as a creative force. Um, I've interviewed him before, what a good guy! So, um, it's interesting how in the past, when I've seen Hussein's work, it's kind of been more um standard. This time around, it's a lot more scratchy in places, you know. So, again, helps set that, that different voice, that different tone of the book. Um, was that him suggesting that, or is that kind of direction from you guys no Hassan's a powerhouse man he's like what he came with to to, to, to this story is unbelievable the way he like you know I, I kind of given a little bit of direction like I just wanted a different um font and a different approach to the woodsman and when the woodsman speaks and and all yeah. coloring and then he came in with all these options and the way he lays the captions in very different ways like you have to read the uh -huh. book but like how he lays the setting straight across the road. Like, I think he's an unbelievable letter, like powerhouse letter. And it's so yeah. funny because we've worked with Taylor before. Taylor worked with us on Whaling Days. And Taylor did mm -hmm. amazing job. Yeah. And it's funny because we just had New York Comic Con a little while ago. And as we were there and previewing um, the Happy Hill New York Comic Con edition, I had at least a handful of people walk up and be like, oh my God, is this a new book that Haas is doing? I've seen it. I've seen it online. And I'm like, that's so cool that he's so unique and so individual and I think puts out so much good um, good vibes, good karma, good energy into the comic mm. universe with his panel, like panel uh, book series and, and his YouTube channel. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. And I think the guy, what he brings to the book is next level. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So having a look through the press release, 
um, you have had um, some massive, some massive uh, comments from a couple of people that um, I kind of know. Um, so straight up, a story of shocking killer and the family torn apart that's ghastly and yet gorgeous, terrifying and yet terrific. That's from Ryan uh, K. Lindsay, who I absolutely love his stuff. And then uh, Happy Hill is the perfect destination spot for spine-chilling comic book horror. And that's from David Papos of uh, the Oz fame. The OZ. Oh, OZ. God, see, this is what accents do to you, right? So what's it like? <laughs> <laughs> to me, those, those two are probably kind of... Then for me, they're next level indie creators. You know the amount of great work they're putting out there. Rich, you've been, you've done loads of good stuff with Will and Blade, um, and and so on from there. What's it like getting sort of like then those comments from like your contemporaries and your peers? That, you know, it's one thing me fanboying over it, but surely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really good because it's like uh, you know um it's just sort of like a validation that you're not like um you're not a hack or something like that you know it, it's uh when you when you get like when you get good pull quotes from from people you respect then you know i have to take ryan and david at their word that they're not lying but uh <laughs> no, I, I spoke it, to both it, of them the, the both genuine yeah. guys so uh, yeah no they are i know i'm i'm friendly with, with both of them and and uh cool. they're both really great guys and uh so i'm just saying like you know when you if, if you uh take people at their word which yeah. obviously you should it's sort of like just the validation that you're not uh you, you know you've done it you've you've done a good job and and other people that do do great work believe that as well so it's uh it's definitely a good feeling so you said how can i and then popped into my head i was like well i can't say that because i'll get sued so i better not say that then <laughs> people can't get sued anymore people are very easy going nowadays really all right so when yeah can i all right so when you get good praise off off comic you know you made it you're not a hack you know you, you deliver on your project not like rob Liefeld, who's still waiting for brigade never mind i didn't say that all right okay moving on swiftly um <laughs> he's, he's uh, got I movie franchises the guy he's a busy man who knows i didn't i don't know i didn't back it i know but i'm just saying i i have heard the uh the critique uh, I no, will say this, in, in response to your, your question, um, I don't believe either David Pepos nor Ryan <laughs> uh, I've, I've met both of them in person. I've shared a hotel room with Ryan K. Lindsay, and I will go on the record for the first time ever on your show and tell you I believe neither are real. I believe they are the same person. <laughs> you never see them in the same room together. Nope. nope. You never see them in the same room together. Um, I want to ask a quick question about the design of the woodsman, if I may be so bold. Let me just so we've had pictures of him already. Um, what was the inspiration for the his kind of like overall look? For because I mean, I looked at it for off the cover and he reminded me of the Bane character from Arkham Asylum, what with all the stuff coming out. And then, um, when I got into the book, I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of like Hearn the Hunter, which is a, a fable. I, I actually, I've done. I've been a proper journalist on this time. I've actually done some research. Check it out. That. It's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So so that's Hearn the Hunter from, oh, okay. from English Fables. Yeah. Yeah. See where I'm getting that with the, the horns on yeah, there? Yeah, very much on that. And, and, uh, and of course, 
we all know what uh, what Ben looks like. Let me bring him up. Uh, where's my Ben picture? There it is. That's the one I used. There you go. So you can kind of see where I get the sort of like the yeah, you've the got... tubes and everything. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna see if I can bring it up my my iPad while I'm here. So I have this. Um, walked into an antique store years and years ago, and I saw this old photo of like a family, like I'd say like maybe in like the 30s or 40s or 20s, whatever it was, all black and white, and it was like mom, two kids, and the father was standing there like the patriarch in this gas mask and fur coat with a top hat. And I just oh. remember thinking, what a creepy looking thing. And then I was coming up with this story. And I'm like, you know what? I have this idea of something that's going to be like in my head, um, like a story of like Happy Hill. It, it didn't have the name. Here, let's, here we go. I'm going to show you. I, I took a close crop of it when I was in the place. So I don't know if you could see that. Whoa, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my God. And I was like, <laughs> what a frightening thing. And then I'm like, how can it get worse? And I'm like, like, all right, so we got all tattered fur, and there's like flies just flying out of it, and spider webs. And then I'm like, uh, and the, there's a there's a direct connection in the story to the woodsman's horns and the horns that you see all over the Happy Hill uh, Resort. Like, mm. yeah, there you go, a little Easter egg for your show. So, <laughs> um, like, I was just like, oh, that would look really cool. And then, like, the more I drew it and drew his character, I drew this. With the with the tattered bits of the jacket almost curl up and have their own like reaction, kind of like and Todd McFarlane, it kind of like spawns like cape, with these oh, yeah, back, yeah. like his tentacles, um, yeah. which give him like in silhouette like a little bit more of like a monstrous octopus in the woods type look, um, and it just kind of like grew from there. So, but it was originally seeing that photo in the uh, antique store that just really creepy. How do you sleep at night with stuff like that in your head? I have no I idea. Drink. I drink. Or I yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you did that because you're a Jets fan. Um, all right. You know what? They, they did not have to be exclusive. They could all. <laughs> I still wake up in the night with a cold sweat, screaming butt fumble. So I, yeah. I know I have. Oh yeah, I have issues. My um, we're back. I can't believe we're back on football. My auntie Sheila married a, an American guy um years ago and she moved to america for a while and she absolutely fell in love with joe namath and she was like mm -hmm. she was telling me the story she's like yeah yeah she's like oh i used to like this guy you won't know who i'm talking about his name was joe namath i was like the guy who guaranteed the jets win in the super bowl everyone everyone knows joe namath you know i was like yeah. come on you, you know you go to football school you hear names like joe namath why are you a tittle Jim Brown. Yeah, I mean, these are kids, there's so many people. Well, I, don't know, I, I won't get back into football, but yes, a lot of people know Joe Namath. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, recently it was the worst thing, but he still, you know, still got us the Super Bowl. Well, hey, well, he was in the A team, so it can't be all bad, right? Um, <laughs> terrible, terrible link. Um, okay, so. Um, Joe's kind of explained what's great about working with Rich and the fact that he manages to take all these kaleidoscopic ideas and bring them to focus. Rich, what's the best part about working with Joe? He buys me a lot of drinks. Uh, buys, no. buys the beer. Uh, good no. answer. No. That's, what, that's what, where the blackmail comes yeah. from. It's self-serving, mate. He buys you the drinks, then he takes the photos. Yeah. Come on, ding! I know. <laughs> 
recycle, Jimmy. Johnny, sorry. The real, the real answer, the real answer is just that Joe is like, um, he's just like a fountain of like great ideas. Um, like whether it's stuff that he's like, you know, um, I'm saying like, like whether it's like writing stuff that, that like, you know, we're, we're, we're working out together or whether it's just the draw, drawing something, it's like, he's just like so full of like imagination and so full of a drive to make everything look unique and, and amazing. Like, um, I think I just love like watching it happen and, and like, and being, being a part of it. It's uh, like a, like even, one great example i think from from whaling blade is that like you know whaling blade kind of takes place in this sort of like a post-apocalyptic world mm -hmm. and like if i can tell you the amount of time like joe spent designing like the trees and the grass and stuff like and the insects it it was amazing because I, i've said to him i was like i was like you could just draw on regular trees and i wouldn't ever have even have been like Joe, what's going on with the trees? Like, you know, come on, they they, they look too normal. Like yeah. that, I ne I never would have said that. But like, he he just makes everything kind of like better, uh, in, in just in ways that um, I couldn't even like predict. You know what I mean? It's it's just uh, so I think I just love watching that happen and and being a part of that happening. And then so. I buy the drink. I mean, look, I don't I don't <laughs> want to do my own. Home, yeah, but two <laughs> <drugs>. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not saying anything, you know. Drinks, cameras, fishnets, whatever, whatever goes, mate. Whatever <laughs> goes. <laughs> that's the holy uh, the holy yeah, woohoo! Yeah. That, that's my Saturday night. What are you talking about? Okay, so um, I used to end this type of show by asking questions like, "Hey, if you could work on a big two book, what would it be?" But I've kind of revised my answer on this, and it kind of goes a little bit like this: Do you feel that the current comic book marketplace respects indie creators and indie books? much more than the regular big two event driven stuff good question i will just say this i think it's a to me i've always gotten into characters like we're talking about todd mcfarlane at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. todd mcfarlane was who i grew up emulating with his be entrepreneurial own your own stuff do your own stuff uh -huh. um and i haven't done uh very much big two stuff that i'd be like you know um more knowledgeable on that side of it but all i can say is like just making the comic is, is its own hurdle getting the right people to work on it with you selling it through a kickstarter through the direct market and then reaching out and making friends and making connections with retailers um i don't know if it's something that's character based or creator based but all i know is my own interactions have only been great all the way through and i've Perfect. gotten respect and help um from everybody like i but i haven't had People in my own LCS telling me doing a horror book is the worst thing I could do for my career. Like, you're an action artist, you're an action artist, don't no. do that crap, that's nonsense. And then I'm like, okay, you know, and like, I think, I, I think no matter what, everyone's heart's in the right place. But I think mm -hmm. when it comes to like, quote unquote, respect, mm -hmm. um, I, I think just being in comics long enough, you see the cycle kind of keep going on and on. You do more big two work so you can do your creator own, or at least get an audience for the creator own. To me, comics is all just about getting more and more and more people to trust you with their story because when they put down four or five bucks or whatever it is to buy a book with my name on it, I want you to feel at the end of that page, you would pay twice as much for the next issue because you're so into it. 
Okay. And I want you to feel like you got your money's worth. So I, I mean, that, that's that's my take. Like I feel like it is, um, but I I don't know if it's any ever been good. Cool. And Rich, what about yourself? Do you think now's a great time to be an indie creator? Yeah, I think it is. Um, and I think it's part of it is that like, you know, we're saying we're, we're talking about the comics market like like it's a big monolith, and and it's really not anymore. There are many different comic markets. There's the direct market, there's the Kickstarter yeah. market, there's the web comics market. So mm -hmm. I think the reason why it's better than ever to be an indie creator is that you have all these different places that you can get your work out if you want mm -hmm. to. You know, you don't necessarily have to wait for permission to make your comic or or you know um or get you know, all you really need is is just to like have the resources and the drive to do it, which I think is a great place to be. Um, you know, as far as like versus Marvel and DC and the event folks, I, I think there's room for everything. And I think like, you know, those, those books sell the best, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like, the, you know, it's, it's not to say that, um, people don't respect the new creators because they don't buy the books it's just that it's yeah. like those books have very have very broad appeal and they're they have like people that have been following them for decades whereas like you know guys like guys like me joe brian date and uh, dave pepos it's like we you know we're just sort of like coming up and like we're still building building our audiences so um it's 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 not it, it's you don't feel like disrespected if, if like more people aren't discovering your book because there's like hundreds and hundreds of books out there i think it's just it's like it's it's hard it's a, it's a tough it's a tough time because there is a lot of stuff out there but it's also a great time because the there's just that freedom out there of like yeah you know being able to do a lot of different things i'm gonna if i may respectfully disagree a little bit uh, with you on sure. that one, Rich. As as a as a fan and as a guy who buys comics, not just looking at them, I will tell you right now that I buy religiously every every two weeks. I buy Batman and I buy Detective Comics. Those are my those are my guys, right? I will mm -hmm. also tell you that I have not actually read a Batman comic for the last ten issues. I know what's going on in Detective, but Batman. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going on. And every mm -hmm. day, every week, I trump down to the comic book shop and I buy this book. And it's because I love Batman. I get it. I love Batman. I get it. But there's something about event books and the lack of ramifications and the lack of anything really changing that no matter how much you love Batman, mm -hmm. sooner or later, it's going to just be back where it started. And with indie books, oh, all, yeah. bets, all bets are off, man. You spend you spend time getting a good hook going and buying into the, the, the characters in a book. You don't know if they're going to be there by issue two. You don't know if they're going to be there by issue three. Sometimes you don't even know if they're going to be there by the second page of the third act of issue one. So, you know, I think mm -hmm. I, I agree with you that the, the marketplace should have more choice. Um, but for me, you know... I'm finding myself, I'm buying more indie books now than I've ever bought Marvel books recently. Gotta say. 
Oh, that's great. And I, 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 I wish everybody, everybody felt the same way as you did. All I'm saying is just that it's like, you know, when you look at, you know, if you just look at like the numbers, it's like, you know, yeah. if, if Batman, you know, there's more, there's always going to be more people buying Batman than, than buying Happy Hill. And I, you know, yeah. you can't I'll begrudge, you can't, yeah. you can't begrudge Batman for that. Uh, well, Joe, Joe, Joe disagrees with me, Joe, but uh, if Happy Joe hates Batman. If, no, I yeah. love Batman. If um, Happy Hill sells more than Batman uh, in January, um, I will go on a world tour. A world tour. I will. <laughs> I will sing it from the Eiffel Tower. I will. I will skydive from the Sphinx in in uh, in Egypt. Um, but no, I, I. Whoa, 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 I whoa! Think, That's two places. The world's bigger than two places, dude. Oh, eh? Uh, let's see what sales <laughs> come in at, Johnny. All right, then we'll see the kind of budget we can do. And I'm also putting in jail time with each of these jumps because you know people um, don't like the skydiving. Um, um, I, and I might not even use a parachute because you know why? Useless people live forever, so I'm gonna be fine. But what, what I, what I think you're saying is like malaise. I think you get malaise with a comic that's a long running series and i think every one of us have been fans for a long time get guilty mm. of it i love spider-man i'm in and out of spider-man i haven't read i haven't picked up x-men in a little bit hey john hickman's x-men um is something i want to do but just think about like the inverse of what you're saying like let's just say all of a sudden and i'm making this up obviously this is not happening wink, wink. but let's just say in six months rich and i were working together on a ghost rider series from Marvel. Now you followed us and you read our other book. Would you be now more so inclined to even get into a character yeah. that might not be yeah. your top two? Yeah. yeah. So I, think I, I mean, there's a, there's a British guy, Alex Packnagel, who I think is really talented. He does a lot. He did uh, Giga. Did you read, did you read yeah. Giga? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He, did, he did that. But he is one of the Very first people Marvel call when they're doing their event books and they need a one shot. Yeah. So he also did um, right, right. one of the, the Death of Doctor Strange he, Avengers the issue. The Death of Doctor Strange, yeah, Avengers yeah. issue, uh, yeah. which is great. He did something uh, great like, issue. I, I feel like I read something in space, like something with the Kree or... Last yeah, year yeah, he, he did. He, he did, did Empire, yes. Empire. Empire, yeah, yeah, Empire, Empire, that was it, yes. It was brilliant. It was great. And honestly, as a writer, he's a, he's a great guy, um, great writer, Giga's fantastic. Uh, his other books have been brilliant. He's really got an out-there mind. Yeah, but Marvel only call on him when they need like a one shot. And I think, come on, Marvel, put your money where your mouth is. You you know, let's do you want to do something different, get Alex to do a regular book and let's see what happens. You know, yeah, but, I, I think it's it's because hmm? we have the time as fans and, and, and quasi pros to be like, I would do this, I would do that. I agree. Yeah. I think like when I see his when I see same with Rich though, when I see Rich's album, yeah. I'm like, his books are nothing but amazing stories, amazing quality. And then you see how he's dabbled in, in Marvel, and I've been able to check that out uh, mm -hmm. ahead of time, and also how he's dabbled in, in, in DC with Superman. And both of those stories are standout stories to me in the books that they're in. So to me, when when it comes to that, it's just a matter of time before the I think the bigger two companies will sink their claws yeah. and give the person more room to run. I think probably the biggest success out of that kind of indie crowd moving across would be someone like Ram V, who had these savage shows and then went on to Catwoman and Swamp Thing and Justice League Dark. Yeah, so that's probably the big thing. The only thing oh, I would add, yeah. I mean, I, go on. Sorry. Yeah. I think no, I no. think that's that's like a, it's it's a really common way. Like Rom, that that's you know one hundred percent. Donny Cates is another one 
who yep. kind of went from, you know, uh, God Country hit really big for him at Image. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he was doing Thanos and he was doing like, you know, now he's like one of the most popular writers um, Marvel has. Like so many people that I really um, esteem, like, you know, writing big two books, guys like uh, Ed Brisson, Matt Rosenberg, mm -hmm. you know, it's like got their start doing their own indie comics. And then, you know, presumably like somebody at Marvel or somebody at DC noticed and, and was like, hey, why don't you try something with these characters? And then, you know, just yeah. over time built built more and more. So I think it's a really Oh, Matt Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah I felt so I felt so because I liked his uncanny X-Men book. He was on the best loop. Yeah, he was on the, yeah, he was no, on the, it was amazing. <clears throat> he was on the hydrant to nothing with that one. It was like, right, we need a lame yeah. duck book to go for 12 months before we get the Hickman run. What should we do? Yeah. And there was some really good ideas in there. You know, the, the Black King, for mm -hmm. example, Cyclops with actually one eye. You know, it's there's some yeah. really good stuff in there and it gets wiped. Oh, uh, don't get me started. Yeah, um, but, you know, but I mean, it's not it's not like Matt is like like laid down and died. You know, I, know. I mean, he's got he's got the biggest one of the I would say one of if not the biggest like indie books out there. Uh, what is it? Uh uh what's the furthest place from here yeah. it's like it's an amazing book you know it just came out he's doing stuff on like uh in in the batman side of mm -hmm. things like you know he did a, like a joker one shot he, he's been doing a bunch of stuff so you know i mean i yeah. I, I i i would love to have, have have read a lot more of matt's uncanny x-men too but you know mm. that's that's just things, things break a certain way and that's how it goes but you know, Matt's yeah. Matt's doing really well. So, like, I, I'm I'm like, I love <laughs> yeah. I love I love this stuff. The only other thing I no matter where he's trying to get, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I think these I think talent is like cream; it will always rise to the top. And Richard right. will catch. You'll know what that's like. What did I say? The other thing I'd say, Joe, about writing horror or drawing horror for me in comic books. For me, a lot of horror is the music. You know, when you watch a movie. Yep. It's like that that sinister like music mm -hmm. that stops. Sometimes that that's the hard part to recreate, I think, in horror comics. But I think hand on heart, Happy Hill absolutely nails it. I, I was I smiled at the fun bits. I was um suspicious at the suspicious times, because there are a fair few, and the art is gorgeous. So well done. I absolutely tip my hat. To everyone involved, it's a great I book. I greatly appreciate that, dude. I appreciate you giving it a chance. And I'll tell you right now, like we're we're on the fourth issue right now. Like it's because, it, like you said, you're taking away sound, you're taking away the, the 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 music leading you in somewhere. But the only thing we have is a page turn. I think that's yeah. really like the yeah. thing that like you could build up so much tension on a page and then flip to a page turn. And I think and that, I think that's the and that's why the colors work. Further issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the colors the colors work a lot. Yeah. Even the, even lettering, you know, like how how like the where your eyes going yeah. and stuff. It, it can all like when it's Set all working time. well, it's all like really building building a lot of tension. You know, like what when Joe chooses like uh, you know even like even before the drawing stage at the writing stage where we're like you know maybe you know here you're only going to see like a hand and then yeah. you know something's going to come out of you know it's like. Those are the kind of things you need to do to like like uh um build tension because you don't have the same tools that you would have mm -hmm. if you were if you were doing uh 
a movie or, or a show or something like that. Cool. I love the juxtaposition. I really do. I love the juxtaposition between the kind of we talked about earlier, the cartoony style, then the dark colors. And absolutely, the, mm -hmm. the, the contrast is fantastic all the way through. It's, it's a great book from page one to the last page. I was flipping through it like nobody's business. Well, it's digital at the minute, so I was swiping. I was swiping right, if that's the good way uh -huh. to swipe. I don't know. Yeah, swipe, listen, <laughs> swipe right. So just swipe right. Go for it. Yeah. Yep. All right, Have guys. With Happy Hill. That's what we're going for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch out for the cameras. All right. Okay. So, guys, thank you for joining me on today's show. Really do appreciate it. I know you two are really busy. Stay it's after the credits. We'll just have a quick warm down. So, for everybody else, Happy Hill is out on the 26th of January. 2022 from comics tribe get down to your local comic book shop get it pre-ordered if you're on comiXology i'm sure the book will be there as well get it pre-ordered you are going to be in for an absolute treat all right so again don't forget to check out ucpn for all your favorite shows including flipside focus where we focus dominantly on uh indie books and kickstarters all right, and of course, you saw the ad earlier. Your time has come a book show for something a little bit retro. All right, I've been your host, joining the machine, Hughes, Rich, Joe. Thanks very much. Thank you, Johnny. It's been a great, and great, great, great for having us on. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, very welcome, and we'll see you all next time. Visit UndercoverCapes.com for the latest and greatest podcasts via the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. Also visit our parent company website, ComicCrusaders.com, all about comic pop culture.